0: Welcome to another episode of Jody Jenkins, the golf guy. big shout out to our producer Brett Black who is in studio doing what he does best, making the show sound decent. Uh, <laughs> only decent's a good word. I know you're shaking your head.'m I'm, I'm kidding. you make the show sound awesome. I apologize for that. Uh, he also runs all of our social media and if you ever send in a question to J O D I E. Uh, Jody at JJ, the Brett is typically the one that, uh, is responding or at least passing it along so we can take a look at it and kind of get some feedback and comments and questions and all that fun stuff. So we certainly do appreciate everything that Brett does there. See, you don't do a decent job. You do an awesome job. Uh, we're excited today. Um, this is a, the gentleman we have on today, it's his first time on the program uh, he's, we're going to chat about the world of long drive. We're going to chat about mini tours. We're going to chat about all kinds of other stuff. His, his, uh, Southern drawl. When you hear his, uh, his voice, you'll be able to tell that he is from, uh, the South to a certain degree. And I'm sure he'll have some, uh, interesting stories about that, but we want to welcome. He, uh, is one sixth of the premier world long drive team called the long stars. He's an accomplished golfer, Mr. Paul, Howell. Paul, welcome to the show. All right. Thank you, Jody. Man, I appreciate you guys having me on today. That was uh was that one of the better introductions you've heard, or no?
1: That was actually one of one of the best introductions that I've heard, you know? (laughs) It's it's awesome.
0: (laughs) Well, you you've been introduced around the world on stages, uh, platforms for the world of long drive. Let's let's talk a little bit about some of the places that golf has allowed you to go, because you literally have been around the world. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Got to go back, uh, pre-COVID, obviously, uh, to uh, Dubai. Uh, I've been to China. Um, I've been all over the country, you know, here in the States. I've gone up to Canada as well, uh, to a place I had no idea existed, but it was an awesome place. Um, You know, Port Rowan, Canada, I believe, is what?
0: It's yeah, like yeah. What do they um, call that event? What is yeah. that? That's like bash. What is that um, event called? The bash, the, the bash for cash. Oh, that's it. Yes.
1: So one of the cooler names, you know, that we've had in, in Long Drop, but um, yeah, man, it's it's awesome. It's been, been a been a cool journey, um, to to be able to see the country and uh, hit a golf ball. <laughs> I can
0: definitely say that. So let's let's get a little bit on your background. Obviously, golf was a passion of yours. Uh, played in school and I'm sure you can tell us a little bit more about that and then you started doing long drive as well so maybe just start with how you got into the game and then we'll talk about the transition and how you discovered you could hit it so far.
1: Yeah so I mean obviously I grew up playing every sport you know down here in the south um, you know football, baseball, basketball all your, all your core sports but um, saw my dad and all his buddies playing golf growing up you know like three, four, five years old, and I think I went to my first little mini camp in my hometown of Wilson, North Carolina, at five, and I uh, fell in love with it. When I started breaking things in the house, my mom told my dad that I needed to go to the golf course instead of trying to play nine holes around the house. So, uh, just kind of started from there, and uh, you know, did some like mini like junior tournaments, um growing up, you know, and then got into the AJGA side of things, and uh, just kind of fell in love with it. Guy uh, took me down to Campbell University played down there, um, and, and enjoyed it. So, um, the, the journey was awesome. And I did, uh, the mini tour, the professional life straight out of college, definitely a learning curve there to say the least, you know, going from playing with teammates and traveling with teammates to traveling by yourself and and, and learning that way. So sitting there one night, eating pizza, drinking Bud White (laughs) and long drop, come on TV and, I was like, man, I think I can do that. It looks like reasonable fun. And sure enough, a year later, I was on that stage at the World Long Drive Championship in Dockerville, Oklahoma.
0: Wow. And you're, I mean, you're a strapping lad. What's what's your height again?
1: So I'm 6'5", six, six and um, we're tipping a little bit over 300 pounds. Now. Yeah,
0: so, <laughs> so pounding the ball long has probably been something that you've done for a while. Paul, before we get into a little bit of a deeper dive on the side of long drive. I'm just curious, maybe just comment a little bit about the mini tour life. Cause I know that I think you're still chasing a little bit of that dream and you might correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, there's, you know, the qualifiers, the Q schools, I believe at one time, uh, maybe multiple times, but I know for sure. One time you, you did McKenzie tour Q school to, are you still chasing that dream? And what, what is that life like? Cause I think there's a lot of times people think it's pretty glamorous. Uh, but it's a grind, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's probably one of the harder grinds. You know, I got a bunch of buddies that play on the PGA Tour. Um, you know, and and they said the hardest part about the PGA Tour is getting there, and they're not wrong. Uh, but the, the money, the time, the uh, the effort that you have to put into you know, mini tours is is great when you're playing great, but when you're not playing good, it's it's definitely it definitely wears on your mental, and it it, it prepares you for a lot of different things. Um, but to make – it definitely toughens you up, I guess, to say, to say the least. You know, you can be on your last dollar and know that if you don't make a paycheck this week, then we're not playing next week.
0: So, Well, you look at – yeah, you look at – I'm sure you saw that viral video uh, not that long ago, actually just within the last week and a bit, uh, that Mike Visaki, I think that's how you say his last name, very emotional. Correct. Correct. He was, he's been grinding it out on many tours, uh, made Q school – or sorry, made the Monday qualifier – for the valspar didn't make the cut but i'm going to assume that and, and again i'm not a pro golfer i i'm a lot around a lot of pro golfers but you probably can share some insight in this but i'm i'm going to assume that you know you push you push you push you think can i do this can i do this and then a guy like mike makes it plays on the pga tour doesn't make the cut but in the back of his mind now he's going okay i can do this i know how, you know it's kind of like another step so He's probably going to be chasing just as hard, if not harder, moving forward. Is that safe to say?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's definitely something because that's that's kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back that he needed to push him to his potential. I guess you could say. Um, so that that's it's cool to see. It's definitely awesome to watch. I've been there. I've, I've been that guy. You know, from whether it's been winning a long drive tournament to you know making a Monday qualifier, just even making it into some Monday. Because there's been some Mondays, you know, those Thursday qualifiers that we have to go through to get to the Mondays on the PGA Tour are just as hard. Sometimes, if if not harder than the Monday, yeah. Um, so it's it's definitely cool. That definitely hit home for I think a lot of guys um, to to see. Like man, it is it, the grind. I mean, it, it's definitely Monday Shooters or Monday Shooters, as they say. Yeah, you got to go out there and you got to go go as low as you can and make as Least amount of mistakes as possible, but when you do make it through, it might be the best feeling in the world. It might feel like you have won just won a tournament. You know, I guess if you really want to describe that feeling, almost to some of these guys. Now, some of them, it's like when Patrick Reed what made nine out of twelve with his first bat coming out. You know, on the tour, you know, that's almost unheard of. And then to make the make the cuts in most of them, I mean, it, you don't see that very often. So you could tell he was groomed for that. But you know, Mike. Zaki, I mean that was an awesome story, and I think it's only going to get better as you see that, as, because people don't get this whole full story. You know, you don't have the full story of like yeah. it's a guy like Sam Burns right now, or you know, you know a little bit about Keegan Bradley, but not Sam Burns, not Max Homa. Um, you know, all these younger kids, Victor Hovland and stuff, you do because you've seen him in the in the golf ranks from college golf being televised now. But it's it's definitely cool to see that. I, mean, I think the stories behind some of this stuff. Man. You know, also Common Johnson and Willie really Matt. You know, those those kind of stories are really fun to see, and them getting sponsors' invites and stuff to the farmers and, and a couple other events.
0: Yeah, the stories that you talk about really do add a whole other level to following golf, and and even more so than that, as you mentioned, golf is so competitive. And I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but I just got to say, you know, one of my clients, Steve LeBron, who plays on the Corn Ferry Tour and has been a full member on the PGA Tour and is obviously still working hard to get back there. But you take a look at the fields on the Corn Ferry Tour, and it's literally like some fields from the PGA Tour not that long ago. Like, it's it's oh, yeah. tough. It's tough.
1: Well, it's a mixture now, too. You know, you got your guys that have been, you know, the, the full grinders like Steve and a couple other of my buddies that I know that are out there on the Corn Fairy side of things. And I mean, these, these guys are can play with the best of the best. Yeah. I mean, now they're playing with the best of the best of the twenty-somethings. Yeah, and it, it it just goes to show that there's so many people in golf, you know, that are really good. So you're a really, I'm a big boy, but I'm a good golfer. But I'm a very small fish in a very big pond. Yes, of kids that can play, and and, and that's what I loved about long drive, making that switch. You know, I became one of the one of the best long drivers, you know, for a long time, and and it's just like wow. I didn't know that I had this potential and that I could be in the top 10 of a sport because for a while there I was, you know, inside the top 10 from 16 to 18 on long drive. So it's cool. I mean, it, it definitely is a little different side of things, but we're still taking, I guess, what everybody's comparing us now to is, is the Bryson DeChambeau effect or whatever you may have it. But, um, you know, it's definitely fun to see a kind of like transition. From yeah.
0: There. Yeah. Paul. Anyway. And, and you talked about your potential. And so you make the transition, to world long drive and obviously you're still playing mini tour events and that's really never stopped but what what was it that um the when when was it that it clicked and you were like man I can really do this was it at your first event was it your you know your first victory because everything changed as you said you're now like getting on primetime tv you know people are coming up to you for your autograph you're you know Callaway you're sponsored by Callaway like it was like night and day I'm sure between mini tour and world long
1: drive yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, it was definitely different. Um, I think that when I first realized that I could actually do it, I went through like a few of the tournaments in 15, or 16, first, first year of 16 to qualify for the World Championships. And, you know, I went through like two or three qualifiers for the World World mall Drive, and I was like, man, this is terrible. You know, I'm sitting there thinking like, good gosh, that, this, is, this is a lot harder than I thought it was. And then when I broke through, I think it was the Tennessee shootout in 2016, 20- 2016 in Greenville, Tennessee, is when I qualified for the world championship. And I think it was like almost like, you know, coming up here close, you know, qualifying for the U.S. Open, you know, for me, or I guess, because that's our U.S. Open. Our yeah. master's are, you know, thing. So it's like, oh man, I just got into the U.S. Open. Awesome. Now, the kind of weight has been lifted because that was kind of like the big goal for the year was to get into that tournament. And then after that, it just kind of all fell into place. Then I showed up on, you know, the, the televis the televised events and, you know, or the bigger events that we had in World Long Drive. So then I just kind of started getting in a groove and you kind of know what to expect, I think, after that point. So it's it's definitely, it was definitely harder than I thought because I'm like, man, I can hit it 300, you know, 80, 80, 90, depending on where you're at yards. And I was like, well, so can these guys too. Huh? It's just as consistent as I can.
0: And what's your longest drive in competition?
1: 460 yards at the Rockwell Blast.
0: 460 yards. Wow. So, actually, so tell me, Paul, though, let's let's connect that with Mini Tour Golf again just for a second because I'm going to throw another name out there that kind of uh, in the same boat, an accomplished golfer, but an accomplished world long drive. Jamie Sedlowski. So, both you guys pound the ball. Jamie, obviously, is... (laughs) had to adjust his swing and gear back for playing regular professional golf how did you find that or did you still whale away or do you do you have to gear back quite a bit
1: oh i, I think if you know there's there's, horse, there's courses for horses i think um and, and i think most of the golf courses now are kind of going to a little bit tighter as they're trying to they're calling it bryson proof golf courses but me and jamie have been hitting it a lot longer than bryson ever thought about you know <laughs> before he ever did it but it's it's definitely one thing where I step up on a 600-yard par 5 and I don't see much trouble. I'm absolutely going to unleash on that thing and kind of bring out that speed. But I think on the golf course, I think our cruise speed, as me and Jamie say, is the fastest of the fastest on the PGA Tour. Gotcha. So for us, I think it's a little bit easier. Now, when you get into the shorter clubs and your wedges, you know, the, the the 150 and in shots, it's definitely a lot harder. To kind of gap clubs a little a little bit, um, so we're carrying extra wedges. I carry five, uh, well, technically five wedges um, to kind of like I'm trying to gap it a little bit better because we're gonna have those clubs more often than than the longer ones. But I, I definitely I definitely like Jamie's game. Uh, also, Tony Finau. Uh, Tony Finau once he uh once he kind of figured it out as well, he geared it back. Tony Finau's actually I think faster than than Bryson is, you know, swinging wise. Um, but you don't see it because Tony doesn't – he knows he doesn't need to do that.
0: Yeah, I would I would yeah. tend to agree with you on that. I, I actually think that as well. So, it's uh... – So,
1: I mean, like I said, the whole Bryson movement thing, it's cool, whatever. You know, and and Kyle's kind of helping them with some equipment and things like that. You see Kyle jump over to Cobra, Puma, and stuff like that. But, I mean, hey, cool. Good for them. Test it, do it, run it, whatever you want to do. But we're still going to be here. We're still going to be consistent. And I'm still going to try to play golf it. You know, 130 mile an hour, subhead speed, 195 ball speed. That's my, my, like, cruising, I guess, golf course, swing.
0: Paul Howell is joining us on the show, and he's a top 10 world long driver. He is an accomplished mini-tour player who's out there chasing the dream. He's also a member of the world-renowned Long Stars long drive team. We're going to chat about that in a second. But, Paul, first, just some candid thoughts, if you, as much as you want to share, on World Long Drive, because you guys were set up pretty well. Things seemed to be going in the right direction. You know, like eight televised events. I, I think the last I had heard was, when it, I think it was tw- in 2019, primetime, Golf Channel, great partnerships, and literally everything disintegrated. It just disappeared. What, ha- what do you think happened? What went wrong?
1: I think it was a lot to do with kind of kind of sponsorship kind of deals. I'm not really 100% sure because they weren't really transparent with us being, you know, their athletes and stuff like that. They didn't really let us know what was going on on the financial side of things. But um, I don't think some of the companies that ended up paying their bills um, towards the end of everything, and it, it, it kind of hurt us. Now, in my opinion, I think – When COVID did hit and we had the six or seven events lined up in 2019, I think we had a really good opportunity to take hold of live sports and really show people what we could have done Uh, with the golf channel behind us. A, you know, not many people really show up to our events outside of family, things like that. Um, And we really had really social distance because I'm not going to want to be standing close to a guy swinging. 150 miles an hour. Yeah. I'm going to be in the head with that driver. That's going to hurt. True. You know, hurt, but, True. <laughs> you know it, I think we really could have picked up, you know, a lot of viewership, a lot of extra sponsorship dollars being the only kind of live sport on television in 2019. Uh, it's just kind of my opinion on it and now we're going back to kind of your grassroots, um, kind of where we started at, where I started out in 2015, you know, or nothing was on TV. We're, you got players calling balls and you know, and out in the grid trying to help out, you know, and, and things like that. And it's where we're back to. Now, it's not to me, quote unquote, I guess it's not financially good to to try to go into events, you know, but they're trying to they're trying to, you know, the, the PLDA is trying to keep it going and so is the extreme long drive guys down here like out of Myrtle Beach area. They're both trying, and I love that, that they're, they're trying to keep the sport alive, because I really do think it can could, it could take off again. We just need the right, I guess, sponsorship
0: behind it. Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, I, I'm not going to share a lot of my thoughts on it, because I mean, I'm, I am I have limited knowledge of everything, but here's what I would say as someone who is on the outside looking in, is, you know, PLDA and XLD, I think, are doing a great job, and as you said, grassroots, the question will be, is it sustainable, but... I find that, you know, Golf Channel and, and the WLD was obviously onto something because in those years that, you know, you guys were viewed as like, okay, some people knew who the long drivers were, the Jason Zubacks, the Sedlewski's, the Brian Pavlitz, the David Mobley's of the world, and, and beyond. And then, you know, it was kind of like freak shows a little bit. What, who are these guys? And then women got involved, yeah. and it started to grow. And I think more and more golfers watched it and said, I could try this. And then as soon as some of them were starting to get into it, everything disintegrated, as I said, and now you're seeing a lot of names at these PLDA events and XLD events, like people I had never heard of that are obviously new to the sport. And it's kind of, it kind of sucks for them because the opportunities are few and far between. And as you said, the financial stability isn't, isn't there. So it's, it's kind of, I feel bad for them. Yeah.
1: I mean, and, and I do too as well. I mean, I'm, I wish I was still on Team Callaway. It kind of helped out in the golf side of things for me a little bit better. I, I, you know, I like their equipment, played their equipment for five years, um, for the past five years, really and truly. Um, but, you know, it kind of also kind of stinks for those guys because, I mean, it did help getting one or two driver heads or three driver heads a year just in that aspect. If you were on a, you know, on a lower tier level, like, um, I guess, sponsorship type deal with Callaway or even Crank, you know, getting one or two or three heads is that's almost three tournaments right there in itself that you're not having to buy. Yeah. You can put that money towards one, two or three tournaments. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, and these guys don't get that. And they kind of, I'm with you. It sucks for these guys that I know that are fast because I've been to the events I haven't competed. I mean, because like I said, it's just to me, I, I would rather go and spend my 750, you know, towards a Monday qualifier, where I'm spending four fifty, staying in a hotel, and then having a chance to potentially make a million dollars. Yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. you never know when you catch fire. But it, it, it sucks for the guys we're getting into. The Brandon Flynn, um, I've seen that guy. He's he's really fast out of the events, um, you know. And it's I'm trying to think, Scotty
0: Pearman. Scotty Pearman, Yeah, Scotty that's a guy. Yeah, it's almost like again, and I'm not, I'm not knocking them at all, but it's almost like it's. I feel bad for a guy like Scotty. It's he just came in a little too laid on it because he would have been I feel like he would have been perfect for primetime television when it was at its height oh.
1: well percent. he has a story you know kind yeah. of the things that he does and why he does it and wears you know he's a working he's a working guy you know in Greensboro working at FedEx and you know his son was born premature and he's, he does a lot for that so I mean that, that's the story that the long like world long drive kind of missed out on yeah Just things like that you know, or you got someone like, you know, again, like with with Wes coming out of professional baseball out of Australia and then being, going to, into the world championship and then breaking a driver on national television. Yeah. You know, it's stories like that, that I think can excel our sport. Because again, I was an average Joe literally sitting on a couch eating pizza. And I was like, man, I can do that. And then the next year I was there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, you, you got so many of those opportunities, and especially in long driving. I mean you're going to kind of know who's going to be able to do it, you know, and, and, and sustain it and be, be able to compete. Um, but I like the fact that everybody wants to try it. Everybody loves the sport that I've been around that, do, that does know who we are. And I think it's only going to help once we get into exhibitions. I think that helps. Bigger exhibitions where there's four or five, six of us, like at the Golf for Cops event, you know, things like that that are coming up. I think that's huge. Yeah. And because it, it kind of gives them a front row
0: seat. Yeah. So what we do. Yeah. And I was going to say, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention some of the amazing female hitters, like a Kanani lodge who is just yeah. unbelievable. Like, uh, you know, and she,
1: she might be faster than me right now.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we're, uh, we'll, we'll talk about an event coming up in July here in a second, but I know some of the guys on the team have said there's a chance she could outdrive them. So, there is a, a very good
1: chance. No, I mean it's awesome, and she came in a little too late. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you got Heather LeMaster, Chloe Garner, Phyllis Meddy, Alex Phillips. I mean, Kanani Law, all these girls that that Cat um, Cassandra Meyer. Yeah. Alexis Ball. All these girls come in with golf backgrounds of some sort, to
0: some extent, and absolutely murder the golf ball. Yeah.
1: And uh, you know, I tell everybody that I, that I'm been around. You know. Don't watch me hit a golf ball because I'm, I'm one of the top 2% of the world that can hit it hard. So, I mean, you're going to just try to keep up with me all day. You're not going to be able to hit it solid. You're going to be hitting it everywhere. So, go watch a woman hit a golf ball. Yeah, Honestly, it's unbelievable to see. I, I caddied out on the LPGA Tour. Actually, at the marathon, I am actually have a video for me caddying for uh, Emily Tudor who won an event on long drive, and then she just kind of fell out of love with golf and just stopped playing. But um, you know, it's it's crazy to see that I'm actually going back to the marathon uh, here, in a, here in a few months to actually put on an exhibition for them, which is going to be fun.
0: Yeah, and let's so let's talk a little bit about that. You mentioned the marathon. You're talking about the marathon LPGA Classic uh, happening the week of July the 6th in Sylvania, Ohio, and uh, you're part of a long drive team called the Long Stars. There's six of you, and then I believe Kanani Lodge and Alex Phillips will also be coming as well, but you know, it's kind of a cool thing. Um, a lot of long drivers, I've seen it here in Canada as well, from charity events, a lot of long drivers get approached and they make good money from it to appear at tournaments to just hit drive after drive on one hole for the teams as they cycle through and the charity scrambles. Uh, we're trying to put a new twist on it with this almost a self-contained long drive league of its own called the Long Stars, where we can come to events, put on a show We can assist with pro-ams, clinics, so many different opportunities. And we're excited because this LPGA event is just our first foray into it. And we're going to be kicking down the door and and going huge. So is it exciting to be part of a team again, Paul?
1: Absolutely. Um, And I think the guys that we have, as well as the ladies, um, Justin Moose, Troy Till, Josh Cassidy, Wes Patterson, and um, and Jacob Galladay, and adding Alex and and um, Kanani, I think that's just going to give people an insight, uh, you know, what we do, what we can do, and, and we're and hopefully show too that we're not all bad golfers. I think that's the biggest thing. People come in and see that, like, oh my goodness, these guys got it everywhere. You know, they have an extra mulligan or two, and well, wow, that, that's what helps them. But actually, all of us are really good golfers, you know, and all of us have tried to chase it or are chasing it, and to some extent, so. I think that's going to be the fun part to also show people as well that, hey, yeah, we hit him long. We put on a great show. And, well, we also can play the game as well.
0: Yeah, and you meant just quickly before we wrap this up, you know, Justin Moose, who's on the team, he missed U.S. Open qualifying or the next stage by one or two shots the other day. So, I mean, like.
1: One, yeah, one or, I think it was one or yeah, two yeah, shots. Yeah, also, yeah. He's qualified for three or four sectionals, I believe. Yeah, he's I'm no – And I'm actually going to – Yeah. I'm making that run on, on Thursday. Yeah. I'm not for my not the, So hopefully the birdies will fall. But, uh, you know, it's it's cool. I, I'm excited to be a part of this and, and to show people kind of up front what we can do on our side. And then we got, you know, like I said, even Josh and Troy, I think, had a different spin to it. I'm yeah. suck at the trick shots. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> but Josh and Troy can add that. They, they can add that, that twist on things as well. Yeah, I you know. No. I'm, in, I'm excited to see where it can go and and how big it can get because I think in a year's time I think it's going to be really big because we're going to kick down the door to the LPGA tour and we're going to be able to see you know where that goes. But I think it's going to take off like wildfire.
0: Absolutely, and I'm sure there'll be other people trying to go on our coattails, start some teams, but they'll never. Although I will say this because I got to give I got to give credit where credit is due. This whole uh, thought pattern of a team, obviously not my original idea. A lot of you guys had come up with the thoughts as well, but it's almost like, I remember back in the day, I went to a media event here in Canada, Ontario, actually at a place called Deer Creek, and it was the pinnacle distance team. Zubak, uh, I don't know if Sidlowski, he was part of it at one time. I don't know if it, this was even before his time, uh, Brian Pavlet. So it was like, it was like uh, this distance team, and that's like probably early 2000s so like let's say 18 19 years ago and so it's almost like you guys are like two point version 2.0 so I gotta give them credit yeah. but uh, I think we have a I think we have one of the best assembled teams uh definitely a lot of personality and charisma and uh, we're excited to see what uh, what the future holds they're called long stars you can follow them on Instagram you can follow Paul Howell on Instagram encourage him as uh, he continues to go down his road. Towards uh, towards uh, the professional dream of golf, and Paul, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Man, hey, Jody, I appreciate you guys having me on the show, and I can't wait to see all everybody you know back out there and once all this COVID stuff. And on that thing, you know, I want everybody to keep swinging the golf club, have fun with it, never let it discourage you, and just keep just keep grinding.
0: I got I got to quickly ask best uh, best barbecue place in your neck of the woods. You seem like someone who would know oh, that answer. Buddy. Parker's barbecue, no without a doubt. Come <laughs> off 116 in Wilson, North Carolina. You can't miss it. <laughs> do we just ask for the the Howell plate or what what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> That's right,
1: maybe it's still family style. They'll bring it out to you.
0: <laughs> Paul, enjoy the rest of your week.
1: Absolutely Jody. Thank you guys for having
0: me. Paul Howell 16th. I like getting that in there. 16th of the World Long Drive team known as the Longstars. Uh, excited to see those guys out on the road this uh, summer at an event near you. Um, Yeah. And uh, full disclosure, uh, I represent the team. So, (laughs) but uh, we're, we got some great events planned and world long drive, Brett. I know that you, we talked about this off air uh, before you started producing the show about how really people look at long drive and everybody that picks up a golf club tries to do one thing, usually with the driver, obviously they try to hit it as swing as hard as you can try and hit it as far as you can. And that, that has not changed. People always want to try that. And I think that's one of the appeals with world long drive, because literally anybody can stand up and say, I can try that. I, I mean, it's something I can give it a go. And some people are good at it. Some people not so good, but uh, it's exciting. So it's too bad that the world of long drive WLD, the actual entity that uh, was kind of like the uh, professional version of a uh, long drive and, uh, it, it kind of disappeared with their television contracts and stuff with golf channel, but who knows, uh, PLDA XLD doing some amazing work. And you, you just don't know what the future will hold. Uh, Brett's giving me the wrap it up sign. Uh, don't forget to email us J O D I E at JJ, We're excited. Uh, still can't golf here in Ontario. Uh, if you're listening to the show and you can golf uh, where you're from, send me a note. Because uh, if this keeps going on where we can't golf in Ontario, I want to start reading off all the places you can golf. Full and Just spoiler alert, I think Ontario is the only place in the world where you can't golf. So. But if you can golf in your state, province, wherever you're from, country, email me. I would love to hear about it. Uh, tell me what's going on in your game these days. J-O-D-I-E at JJTheGolfGuy.com. Thanks, as always, to Brett for his supreme production skills. We will talk again in seven days. See ya.